he's alternating between two chords with the capo. It's a, it's a E and an A minor with the capo on the fur on the on the F. It's it's nothing. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Grapples and Apples, the podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not Avengers Endgame is going to be as good as the hype, or will it flop till it drops? What you think? Um, I mean, it was like eleven years. They've been like maybe longer. They've something been like building that, yeah. this this whole um like twenty two movies, something like years, that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be three hours. Uh, I don't know. I I hope they. End it on a on a correct note. You know what I mean. I feel you. I I'm just more excited to see how they bring everybody back, and if my boy Doctor Strange is actually gone or not. It's gonna be dope. I'm mad hype. Mad hype. But anyway. You are listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples, the number two apples. If you're not listening to us there, you might be catching us on Google Play Music or Apple Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, because baby, that's who I is. I'll be that for you. Joined, as always, by the very sensual. The very banged up. <laughs> the very toyed. Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself. Ya boy. Shades. Yes, sirry, Bob. Now, this week, we have quite a bit to talk about. We got some big WWE news, some non-WWE news. We got some injury reports. We got Raw and SmackDown and Shake Up version 2.0. We got some name changes, gimmick changes, and all that stuff. But before we get into any of that, please, Shades, ring that bell. So, let's get started with some non-WWE news. Some news from other promotions around the world. First things first. New Japan Pro Wrestling has officially announced a event, an event taking place in Sydney, Australia for the Southern Showdown. Secondly, Enzo and Cass who are now going by Enzo and KazXL. Lord. Yeah, right? <laughs> After their involvement at the G1 Supercard, apparently they are not in any current future plans for Ring of Honor. They have not signed any contracts, as they apparently received much backlash from their fans and from the Ring of Honor company and the wrestlers alike. I'm glad to hear that because when we were at WrestleMania and we were asking people around what they thought, they seemed to be happy with this. I, I wouldn't say people were happy about people it. People seemed to like they, Enzo and they Cass were for whatever reason. Mixed reviews. That's fair. They liked Cat um they liked Enzo because he's a, he's a great talker. Sure. Is he a great worker? No. Remains to be seen. Same thing with uh, no, not Cass. He's not a great talker. He's not a great worker. He has more upside. That's because he's taller. Because he's a big guy. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I the minute I saw Cass, I was like, oh, look, it's another JBL. Mm, I didn't. He's got JBL written all over him. No, because JBL can somewhat wrestle. 
Cass couldn't wrestle. Cass can't talk. I'm saying he's is the same like mold as JBL, and I could t- if they if he stayed with the company, he would. I'm telling you, he would have gone straight down that line. I don't think so. But whatever, we'll never know. He's too orange. He's too orange. Uh, next up, the Gorillas of Destiny, G.O.D., Tamatanga, Tonga, Tamatanga, Tonga Loa. There you go, get it out. Sorry. They will be facing against the Briscoes as their match is set for a Ring of Honor World War of the Worlds TV taping at Villa Park, Illinois on Sunday, May 12th. So if you're in the area, try and catch that because that is going to be one heck of a match. I think the Briscoes recaptured the belts. That makes a lot of sense. They have to. Um, and now I guess well, now we're all, go- all it's all big news from here on in, in the in the world of non WWE wrestling. Let's go down the line of when it happened. First things first. Dustin Runnels, known as Dustin Rhodes, or to WWE fans, Goldust, has officially parted ways with the WWE, and has been announced as Cody's opponent for AEW Double or Nothing. He will be performing under the name Dustin Rhodes as WWE owns the Goldust character. Mm-hmm. He has now had to hang up the character that he's been playing since its debut in 1995. So, goodbye Goldust. Here's Dustin Runnel, Dustin Rhodes. And this seems to be a... I think this is going to be a fantastic match. Mm. If, not, if not for work rate, for the storytelling. Because... Cody's a good storyteller in the ring. He's not a great worker. He's a very good storyteller. And his brother's a good wrestler. Yeah, but... Goldust was never not... Like, he was always been a good worker. Yeah, but he's also, like, 50 years old. Now. Sure, but like I said, this is not going to be a work rate match. This is going to be a story match. I mean, you, you had the whole, like, sentimental thing where he had the, the video and he was putting the Goldust stuff away. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, yeah, that chapter of his life is closed, but... I mean, how much more you got in you, man? You're 50 years old. Well, we're going to find out a double or nothing. Yeah, I guess we will. More roster moves for AEW. Private Party, the tag team that's made up of Mark, Keen, Mark Quinn, or Mark, I'm not really sure to pronounce that name, I'm sorry, and Isaiah Cassidy have joined AEW. Now, I watched some footage of these guys, and to me, they almost seem like a quicker, more athletic black version of the Young Bucks. So, I'm interested to see how they work and how they work out in AEW's tag team division, which right now it consists of the Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, Best Friends, and I forgot who else. There's one or two more tag teams I'm forgetting at the moment. But I'm interested to see how that works out. In the NWA, Jazz... Who had been the NWA World Women's Champion for the last 950 plus days has announced that she'll be vacating her championship due to personal and injury reasons and will not be appearing at the Crockett Cup where she was set to defend her championship against Allison Kay. Allison Kay, who in Impact went under the name Sienna. So now, at the Crockett Cup, Sienna will, Allison K will be facing an opponent to be announced. 
I didn't know Jazz was still wrestling. I'm not going to lie. Neither did I. Nor did I know that she had been holding on to this championship for over 950 days. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, she's 45 years old. Jazz is a former two-time WWE Women's Champion. Holding the NWA Women's Championship for 950 days. And I did some research on this. She doesn't even come close to the longest title reign. Well, in NWA or women's... NWA. And which is? The Fabulous Moolah. Was it like 11 years or something like that? 3,500 some odd days. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. But knowing that she had such a long title reign and now she's had to vacate it, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, so we'll see what happens at the Crockett Cup if she's going to... If Allison K is going to go ahead and, and claim the new vacant championship or if someone else is going to come along and take that. I wouldn't be surprised if NWA tries to get a big splash name. Not sure who. There's the same way they did with Cody when Cody took it off of Nick Aldis at All In just so you can add that name to the champ to the world's championship. So I don't know if they can find some female who can bring some name to that championship even if for a little bit. I mean, you got no real free agent women out there that aren't tied to either WWE or AEW right now. Yeah. Uh, you can bring in, like, a Victoria, but she yeah, doesn't want to wrestle anymore. Yeah, she hung them up. Uh, yeah, Mickey James tied up in WWE. Lita and Trish are both tied up in WWE. There's no real, like, oh, my God, that, that pops up. What's Paul Ellering's daughter's name again? No idea. Is she currently signed to WWE? I feel like she yeah, is. Yeah, she's developmental. Right? She's the NXT. She could have won that to do something with it for a little bit. Tessa would have been great for this, but she's, you know, signed to Impact. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. And the last bit of news that made a splash around the internet was Silas Young was holding, was running an indie show in Wisconsin over the weekend where a masked performer came out, entered the ring, got involved in a scuffle, and hit the go-to-sleep. Which led to much speculation of who was performing that move. Kenta. It wasn't Kenta. And this was later confirmed to be Phil Brooks himself, CM Punk. Now, there's been reports since the, since this broke that CM Punk has actually been doing this once or twice a year, maybe. Um, I think I saw that he's done this at least four times since 2015 when he left WWE. So this is not a rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's a rare occurrence. Five times in four years is relatively rare. Um, but this is not, like, the first time he's done this. Either way... To see him back in the ring now after his cup of coffee with Mixed Martial Arts, interesting to say the least. He definitely has made it very clear he wants nothing to do with WWE. So if he decides to return to professional wrestling in a full-time capacity, where does he go? He's, He's done everything he can do in Ring of Honor, so there's no reason to go back there. Plus, Ring of Honor doesn't even know who they are anymore. So does he go to Japan or does he go to AEW? He can go back to, to ROH. 
he can go to AEW. I mean, if CM Punk goes to AEW, a lot of eyes will switch over to AEW. Because they chant CM Punk every week. Mm-hmm. Like, you said that this made a splash. For me, this made a ripple. From Like, in my world. I was just like, okay. I mean, unless it's Phil Brooks, CM Punk, no mask. As CM Punk. As CM Punk. Yeah. That's when I'll care. You're coming out dressed like the chocolate conquistador. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really care. Like, come out. As CM Punk. I'm not saying I particularly care, because when I told it to you, I said it very, like, nonchalant, because I didn't really, because this is not a big deal to me, but it was all over the internet, all over the ICW, like, IWC, excuse me, the whole internet wrestling community has been a buzz ever since this happened over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, anything with CM Punk and wrestling, Yeah, everyone's going to be all over that. Yeah. Hoping, praying that CM Punk is going to come back to either WWE or wrestling in, in, in general in a full-time capacity. Yeah. Because he has had two matches in the UFC, two fights, rather, in the UFC. Um, both fights. He, two L's. He got, you know, the dog piss beat out of him. Maybe he's done with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going back to WWE. Maybe he's going back to AEW. Maybe he'll just do indie things. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows? It, it remains to be seen. I'm Phil Brooks is a very odd guy, and he said it a thousand times. I don't need the money. Oh, for sure. So I mean, have you seen his house with him and um, AJ Lee? And AJ Lee, brother set. That gooch. Uh, listen, uh, if it happens, it happens. If he comes back to WWE, That's fine. Not happen. It's not if he happen. comes. If he goes to AEW, fine. The way things left off with WWE, there's no shot he'll ever go back there. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I will never say never. When Vince sees dollar signs, he doesn't care. Yeah, but if that were the case, he would have treated Phil better the first time. That does make a difference. Look at the way he treated Bret Hart. But I'm talking about C- but CM Punk doesn't want to go back there. Saying- they can throw money at him all he wants. You said yourself. He just said he doesn't care about the money. So why would he come back? He hates Vince. He hates trips. Why would he come back? He has no reason to. Look, he's a fantastic professional wrestler. I missed pretty much his entire run when WWE. Anything that I've seen from him now has been me going back to watch. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be able to to witness CM Punk doing his thing as it's happening. We'll see what happens. Only time will tell. So, on to some WWE news, and the injuries just keep piling up. Indeed they do. Post-WrestleMania, man, you do not want to be working (laughs) for WWE. Neither does Sasha. (laughs) Sheamus suffered a concussion. Now, they're not exactly saying when it was suffered, but that explains why he wasn't on SmackDown last week, and also explains why... Cesaro has been changed to Raw during the Superstar Shakeup. Yep. Another injury. This one's a little trickier. Daniel Bryan suffering an undisclosed injury. We don't, again, don't know when this happened. Could have been after WrestleMania. 
during WrestleMania, before WrestleMania, and they can just been wrestling with injury. Well, there's a lot of speculation because apparently WWE has been very tight to the chest on this, mm-hmm. on Daniel Bryan specifically. Mm-hmm. So the thought is that this is concussion related. Okay. Because if it was anything else, like Ronda's hand, like Sheamus's concussion, like Biggie's whatever was that he wrestled ACL? his no 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 that's Nijax. Oh. Anyway, you get the point. WWE has disclosed his information, like, whatever. But Daniel Bryan has just been... He's injured. I think if it's a head or a neck injury for Daniel Bryan, they're going to keep that under wraps. That's that's spe- that's exactly why people are speculating that that's what's going on. Which is... In non-WWE news, Shades hurt himself playing softball over the weekend. <laughs> Sprained wrist. I'm all right, people. We're still doing the podcast. Just <laughs> putting put it out there for you people. All right, just just for my fans who are worried about me. We have our own injury report. Our own injury report. <laughs> the Viking experience. Oh, that yeah. The Viking experience. What more can I say about the Viking experience? <laughs> the next WWE cruise ship is the Viking <laughs> experience. So the Viking experience. We're reportedly going to be called the Berserkers. <laughs> if the Viking experience can't get worse, you give them the Berserkers. <laughs> My God, what is going on in that twisted mind of WWE creative? I mean, Vince. Well, this was kibosh at the last minute by Vince McMahon. Right. So maybe it wasn't Vince. Yeah, but which what's worse? What's really worse here? Berserkers or the Viking experience? As you so well put last week, a museum attraction. When I think of Berserker, I think of Years of War. That's what I was about to say the same thing. So, for me, it's like, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad name, but... It's corny as hell. It's corny as it's all corny hell. It's corny AF. It's corny as all hell. But Jesus, man... It, it, the Viking experience or the Berserkers? I'll take the Berserkers. It sounds like a should have called them the Leviathans. It's a goddamn Leviathan! Oh my god! <laughs> I would have. It sounds like a team from the nineties, <laughs> like the Berserkers. The Berserk. It's so lame. It's so lame. And thank God they didn't go with it. No. In pay-per-view news for the WWE. Backlash was reported to be canceled, and now it's been rescheduled to June 23rd in Tacoma, Washington. It was originally scheduled for June 16th in San Diego, but because the Saudi Arabia show is too close in terms of date for them, which doesn't really make a difference because last year they had Crown Jewel Mm -hmm. and I want to say Evolution. Like, almost a week apart from each other. Yeah, the two weeks I think it was. Yeah. So, in terms of dates, I mean, I, why not just keep, you know, Apparently, backlash like, at the Logistically, 16th? they just couldn't pull up. Because they also had scheduled um, NXT TakeOver in San ah. Jose that weekend. So, logistically, they, wouldn't, they weren't they were being able a, to they, pull they're off. They were doing a TakeOver for Backlash? With Backlash? They were. Well, remember, last year in June, the pay-per-view was Money in the Bank. Yes. So, Money in the Bank is starting to become treated as like a fifth 
Big Four. Mm-hmm. So TakeOver was attached to Money in the Bank last year. This year they bring up Money in the Bank, but they kept TakeOver in June. Because mm. it was paired with it. But I don't know if they're still doing that. It was supposed to be in San Jose. I don't know if they're still doing that anymore. Because they were going to do Raw, SmackDown, then TakeOver, um, and Backlash, and then Raw and SmackDown. Like, it was, it was going to be a very crammed thing. But to go to Saudi Arabia on top of that and get back, logistically, I just don't think they can make it happen. Well, there is going to be a show on June 16th. It's just going to... It's, they just changed it to a house show now. Right. Because they could just... They don't need that big production set. They can put up a tiny little stage, leave like 10 guys from the roster, and just run it. So, I mean, I, in my opinion, I would have much rather have Money in the Bank in June as opposed to Same here. May. And then Backlash was probably the worst pay-per-view last year. Mm-hmm. Why not do it again? It was supposed to be last year. It was Backlash in April. I mean, Backlash in April, in May. And then Money in the Bank in June. And this year they flipped them for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe to get people more invested into the the first pay per view after Mania. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm guessing. That's the only thing that makes sense. But it, to me, it doesn't make sense in terms of storytelling logistics because you just finished Mania, and then the week after that was the stupid the stupid stars shakeup. I'm sticking with that. Yeah. And then to go right to Money in the Bank, it, everything to me feels mad clustered and like rushed. I think storytelling logistically, they should have done the super. The st- <laughs> They're really sticking with you on the superstar, <laughs> right? Right. My subconscious wants me to make a point here. Uh, the superstar shakeup really should have been the day after Mania. Yeah, and then Money in the Bank in June. Well, it also doesn't help that they're be- they're still shaking things up. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. So, I mean, what what are we going to are they going to do another superstar shakeup next, next week? week? Who knows? Like, uh, Who knows? I'm so over this the shakeup. I mean, ultimately if this is how things ended here, I'm happy with it. Yeah, it's fine. It's better it's better this week than it was at the end of last week, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But that is all the WWE news. Yes, it is. Mr. Thrill. Yes, sir. How about some NXT and two for the lovely listeners? Don't mind if I do. All right. So you got a timer for me? I think I do. I think I do. Should have had a glass of water before this because this is a long one. No, it's not. It's two minutes long. Bum bum. Ha ha. All right, Mr. Thrill. I have your timer ready on your mark. Get set. Two. On this jam-packed episode of NXT, we kick off with Vel- Velveteen Dream retaining his North American Championship in a very good match versus Buddy Murphy. The Viking Raiders, as they are now known, will be facing the Street Profits in a match that was set for next week. Johnny Gargano has a promo which ends in a beatdown from the Undisputed Era. Next up, Dominic Dijakovic squashes Aaron Fry and cuts a promo towards Velveteen Dream saying he wants the North American Championship. Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong have a match that's set for next week. Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne will be facing Candice LeRae and a partner to be determined also set for next week. And Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane end their their rivalry in a match that ends in a DQ after interference from Io Shirai. 
Now over to NXT UK, which was filmed entirely in Brooklyn during Access Weekend. Gallus, Mark and Joe Coffey are in a match versus Raul Mendoza and Humberto Carrillo, and they are victorious. Cassius Ono cuts a promo against Ligero and other wrestlers in the UK, saying that he is the true European wrestler, whatever. Kona Reeves, because why, goes up against Dave Mastiff, and Dave Mastiff, thank you for defeating Kona Reeves. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews decide to cut a backstage promo. Mastiff and Wolfgang get into a backstage altercation after the, the debate of who is the real strongman. Casey Catanzaro gets into a match versus Rhea Ripley, an impressive showing for Casey Catanzaro, but she is ultimately defeated by Rhea Ripley. And in the main event, the grizzled young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson, are defeated by Kenny Williams and Amir Johnson via countout when they decide that they want nothing else to do with this match and they take off. This week, NXT and NXT UK should be jam-packed with full matches, and Walter may be responding to Pete Dunne's uh, wanting a rematch for his championship. And that was NXT in 2. You did, you did good, kid. You did good. <laughs> you did good. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It was a jam-packed episode. Of and it always amazes me how much they can get into NXT in one hour. We watch Raw and SmackDown two hours and three hours, and sometimes I feel like nothing happens. And NXT just goes, let's put everything into one hour. It's amazing to me. Unreal. You have less nonsense. Yeah, and it's just more cut like, straight to it. Yeah. It's like, hey, who needs an appetizer? You can get straight to your main. Yes. Even the way they set up matches, backstage segment, William Regal's office. Okay, matches made for next week. Cool. Next. Great. So, War Raiders versus the Street po- Profits. Yes. Tag titles are on the line. Yes. And the War Raiders are obviously going to drop them. I don't know, man. The Street Profits? What are they going to do? They're going to be on Raw and Dude, NXT? I don't know, man. I don't know. This is why I didn't understand Vince. I mean, you and I both, we went about this last week. I don't understand why Vince brought them up. My, my thing is, if you're going to have them be NXT champion, tag team champions, and have them on Raw, have them carry the belts. I agree. Stupid I agree. WWE. Oh, side piece of NXT news. Alexander Wolfe seems to be moved to NXT UK. Although it hasn't been made official on their page, he made an announcement about it on Twitter. So, Alexander Wolfe to NXT UK. No, uh... No word on the uh, big boy yet, huh? Nope. No siree, Bob. Now, let's go ahead and talk about this week's Raw and SmackDown. Because I feel like we have much to discuss. So, first, as you've already mentioned, Shades, Cesaro is on Raw now. So, the bar is done. Although, in Cesaro's match today, he still did... Well, when he was also walking to the ring, he did the whole bar thing. Yeah. So maybe they're not done. Maybe Sheamus is just injured and they're both going to be on Raw when he comes back. That's possible. That's possible. But I think I think he also said that I'm the bar. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, so to jump ahead a little bit, at the end of his match where he, where he came out victorious, if I'm not mistaken, he said, I don't raise the bar, I am the bar. So, I don't know. I don't know if he's just going to go ahead and take the bar gimmick with him and pull a, a Roman Reigns. But, um, who knows? Time will tell. We'll have to see what happens when Sheamus gets back. So, who did uh, Cesaro beat? 
Are we just going to get right to that now, or do you want to... I mean, you, you, so, in you said it. Cesaro, in his return to Raw, defeated the debuting Cedric Alexander. Why? Can you explain this to me, Shades? Because Cedric Alexander is debuting on Raw. They gave him a great video package last week, which they re-aired before the match this week. And then he lost. Can someone explain to me the booking on that? Because And I'm going to ask that question more than once. Because I, I don't... He's a debuting superstar. And Cesaro is an established superstar who's been on Raw before, whose name has some clout to it, that if Cedric Alexander had defeated Cesaro, it would have meant something for Cedric Alexander. Instead, he lost his debut match to a guy who moved over to a new brand without his tag team partner. Who hasn't been a singles competitor in over a year. Maybe two years. If not, yeah, if not longer. So, you got something, Zach got nothing. Uh, I, I watched this match and I was just like... Oh, that was a good match. I'm sorry. showing for yeah. Alexander. Yes, yes. Wrong ending for sure. 100%. You can't have this whole, the, the age of Alexander and all this, I don't know, like. Hype. Hype. I was trying not to curse because I told you this is going to be expletive riddle rant that I was going to have. You have this whole hype package for Cedric Alexander just to have him lose. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It made zero sense for me. Absolutely I, zero sense. Like, I feel like sometimes we'll say it makes no sense and we all try and, like, think of a WWE logic for it that we may not agree with. But it'll, like, whatever. I can't fathom what reason they have for making Cedric lose. You could have done anything. You could have had Cedric versus Tyler Breeze. I, I just don't... Like, what... You, you're not doing a, a, a crisis of confidence because he just debuted. And the way Vince approaches this stuff is that they, if they're new to the main roster, they're new to the audience. Mm -hmm. He works under... The, he operates under the assumption that no one watches 205 Live or NXT. Mm -hmm. So... Him losing doesn't do anything for his character because his character is fresh. He's coming in 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm -hmm. So why make him lose? So you can't do crisis of confidence. That doesn't work here. What, you're... Uh, to build Cesaro? No. Someone else. Not Cedric Alexander. Okay, so what else? What reason do they have for having Cedric job? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can't get it to, to make sense to me. I like their decision making. Raw and it's in, as a whole wasn't a bad show. No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode of but Raw. Some of their decision making made me question whether this is a good show or not. Okay. To me, there were only. You know what? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because other than the bad bits, like Naomi versus Billy Kay, I thought was pointless. Um, Becky Lynch versus Alicia Fox was bad because Alicia Fox is bad in the ring, so there was an ugly botch. Um, but other than stuff like that, my only issues were booking decisions. Like, Ricochet 
and Bobby Roode's match Whoa. or Robert Roode. Oh yeah, yeah, put some respect on his name. Ricochet and Robert Roode's match. The booking on that, I'm not sure I agree with. Because Bobby Roode has been repackaged as Robert Roode, right? With a '80s Rick Roode mustache. That mustache is terrible. You're, oh. a, man, you're a man of mustaches. You would know. Oh man, can we not? Yeah, boy, don't need to know about this. Anyway. That 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 mustache was Can't, uh, yeah rough to look at. Robert Roode's mustache, and I'm so used to seeing him with at least you know a beard, a beard or something like yeah. that. It was terrible. T u r b l e terrible. And then the winner of so who they paired in the triple threat matches was a little perplexing to me, and then who they had win the second triple threat match made no sense to me. I actually I actually liked. It. How he won, and that he won, if that makes sense. You're cool with Baron Corbin winning that second match? Yes. Okay. I knew AJ was going to win the first match. Oh, for sure. Especially, Which is why I'm not crazy about that parent. I didn't like him with Ray and Samoa Joe. Because first of all, these, are, these all came from SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Why not mix it up? You have two phases and a heel in one match... And then you have the one face and the two heels in the other match. And the heels on the other side are such, like, giant heels that it, just, it didn't make sense to me. Why not put AJ with... No, you want to save Drew for later. AJ with Baron and Ray. That would have been a fine first match. You're just changing Baron for right uh, for for Samoa Joe, uh, and then that way Baron does not win the first match. AJ wins the first match. They won AJ versus Seth Rollins, which so, fine, cool, awesome. Let's get so there. So that means you're going to have AJ beat Drew McIntyre at the end of the night because Drew uh, Drew McIntyre is not losing to the Miz and he's not losing to Samoa Joe. He lost to Baron Corbin, but he got thrown out of the ring. So we do the same thing with Samoa Joe or with uh, the Miz. You would have one of them win. Why not? Mm. AJ's going to win regardless. First of all, The Miz wouldn't do it. He's a face now. Okay, fine. And it's not Samoa Joe's thing to to do that. I don't know. They kept calling back to AJ and Samoa Joe's rivalry from back then. So why not just have that be the, the main event? Have AJ win the first match. Samoa Joe win the second match. Them two have the main event match where AJ wins. And then we get a fantastic main event instead of Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin is Baron Corbin. I like Baron Corbin winning because it puts more heat on him. He didn't really, he didn't really win. The Claymore kick put you know the Miz down. He threw McIntyre out. I understand. I get. I get what you're saying. I just I don't like it. I personally didn't like it. I don't know, man. I'm I'm really on Baron Corbin right now. Like, I think he's probably the second best heel on Raw. I mean, he's easily the most improved wrestler in the company yeah. over the last since he got called up, for sure. You know, I'm I'm on board with him as with his heel work. I just I don't care for him in certain situations. I think this is one where doesn't make I don't I don't know. I wasn't about it. His move to Raw last year was Brilliant. so beneficial for him. Brilliant. But AJ and Baron Corbin were the main event to determine who will face Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. And both matches, both triple threat matches were fantastic in my opinion. 
thought the first one was really good. The second one was okay. I thought it wasn't. Did the second one wasn't bad? I mean, there there was less work rate there. I mean, the Miz can put on a good match. Yes, but we're talking about comparing AJ, Joe, and Ray versus Drew, who's in that class, in my opinion. Miz is not in that class, and Baron Corbin's not in that class. I mean, I didn't like that they were basically... I mean, Ray Mysterio was like, I want to face Joe at, at Money in the Bank before... Yeah, so like, what was even the point? I don't know. Cause like, all right. you, I didn't like these pairings. I mean, you know, who, you know, AJ was going to advance to the finals regardless. Yeah. It was just a matter of like, will Drew go or will Corbin go? Corbin going, I'm happy with because then Drew doesn't have to eat the pin. Mm-hmm. And and Drew's going to win the money in the bank. Fingers crossed. Because I... I I had him winning the Royal Rumble. We'll see. We'll see. The WWE pooped on my ideas. So. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if his character works for a Money in the Bank. It doesn't. It he's doesn't. not a weasel. He's not a cowardly heel. He's not an opportunist heel. He's a straightforward. I want to murder you heel. Yeah, but he has attacked people from behind with the claymore kick. Yes. So it can work. In his favor, it would have to be like it's a very specific way to do it. Like you're not, he's, you're not, not going to see him running down the ramp with the briefcase. That, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you're going to hear the music. He's going to saunter down with the briefcase, cash it in, claim more one, two, three. That's the only way to do it. So anyway, um, I yeah I I don't know that I agree with Robert Rude beating Ricochet? I think I didn't like it at first but if they're going to make Robert Roode one of the top guys or top heels the mid-card heel he needs to start winning. And Ricochet does have some cachet. Because he has he's been on the roster, he's been winning matches he's been impressing so okay, fine. So this is a safe, safe win and win loss situation okay. for the both of them. So before there's there's two more things we got to talk about, and one of them I'm going to save for last because I really want to get into this. But during the show, they announced that next week there's going to be a Money in the Bank edition of Moment of Bliss, where Alexa Bliss will be announcing all of the entrants to the Money in the Bank ladder matches. I miss the and this is part of what I was saying where this is rushed. I like qualifying matches. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Alexa Bliss just comes out on stage to go these six and these six. Okay, bye. This is your three from Raw. Your three, three from, from SmackDown, SmackDown. Your three from Raw. Your three from SmackDown. I don't like that. I want it earned. Money in the Bank is a huge opportunity if you win it. It's almost a guaranteed championship reign. It's a it's a Royal Rumble of Jace. Mm-hmm. I feel like it should be earned, and whenever they've done that, I've I've liked that a whole lot better, and it feels like it matters more. Now it's just pick your random six, pick your random six. I'm not great. I don't like that, but that's because they're rushing it because Money in the Bank is a month away. 
That even you could you could still build the Money in the Bank match with the six competitors for both women and, and men and not feel forced. You could have three qualifying matches on Raw. The problem with that is what, and why they're not going to do that, they have to establish other stuff. They have to figure out the, the universal title scene. They already did that, though. Well, now. Yeah. Okay, they're not... They're not they could take next week to do the Money in the Bank thing. Have the qualifying matches. I would love that, but they're not doing that. And then you have two weeks of uh, the Money in the Bank guys... To develop, to, to build heat for the matches. Mm-hmm. I would love that, but... You they're too busy establishing Robert Roode establishing or not establishing Cedric Alexander the you know Viking Raiders sorry I, I almost called them War Machine War Raiders Viking Experience I don't know which one to call them um, well they're finishing movies now the Viking Experience which is insanely dumb so I don't know I, I don't like the idea of just naming the competitors I would have much rather preferred that they earn their their opportunity at Money in the Bank now, Shades. I really want to get into one of the last things that happened on Monday Night Raw this week. The reemergence of Bray Wyatt. He's been out of action for a long time. There's been a lot of speculation as to how is he going to come back? Are they going to repackage him? Is he getting new music? Is he going to redo the, the Wyatt family? What's going to happen with Bray when he comes back? Well, Bray's back. Bray's back in a big way in the sense that the internet has not stopped talking about it. Not nearly as much as the whole Viking experience stuff last week, but this has been a topic of conversation. Now, I have my opinions on it, but I feel like I kind of have a general idea of your predilections and what you like and don't like. And so when I spoke to you this morning, I said, once you watch it, I don't want you to say a word to me until we're live. So I want to hear your reactions on the air. So, please, what are your thoughts on Bray Wyatt redebuting in this Firefly Funhouse segment? Just give me your... Just, just go for it. I don't know what to make of it. Okay. For those of you who haven't seen the segment, it's Bray Wyatt, no beard, no long Bray Wyatt type beard anymore. It's like very short, like to his cheeks. Okay, yeah, he definitely had a beard, just wasn't Yeah, long. the Bray yeah, yeah. Wyatt beard. Right, okay, yeah. you know, He definitely had, he still has a beard. Famous for. Right, but it's not like down to his like tummy. <laughs> Speaking of tummies... He lost a ton of weight. That dude is jacked up top. Not so much down low. My man skipped a bunch of leg days. Skip leg days. My man skipped mad leg days. Um, it was it was kind of a mixture of Pee Wee's Playhouse meets Mister Rogers, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. And. He's this happy kind of guy, and then he kind of says he has something for them, and he comes back up, and he's holding his face, and his gloves read 
heal or hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so is there a dark side to him? But he kind of tells the the children because they're children of voiceovers, you know, cheering for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. That he used to be a bad man, mm-hmm. and that that bad man is dead, and he's never coming back. And then he takes a chainsaw to a cardboard cutout of the old Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> because when he went down and he came up holding his head, and he had the gloves on, it was kind of like a sinister type music. Mm-hmm. But then it went to back to his whole happy-go-lucky feeling thing. And I'm just like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> Uh, is is this the effects of the Lake of Reincarnation? <laughs> like, did Matt Hardy delete him? Delete. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I've seen memes all day about it. <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> yeah. The, the the one that I like, I almost died about. Amanda sent me. She goes, "Hi, I'm Bray Wyatt, and and you're watching the Disney Channel." Oh, I saw that one. I, I saw was that like, one. Oh my god! Like, what are they doing to him? He was fine prior to Randy Orton joining the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. That was awful. Then he joins the Wyatt family. The, the Wyatt the, the family. The Wyatt family's dead. <laughs> I love you, Ruby. The Wyatt family is dead. <clears throat> then he teams up with Matt Hardy and becomes the deleter of worlds. Mm-hmm. Cool name. Yeah. Didn't really work. He gets hurt. Jojo gets pregnant. I guess he spends some more time with her. He comes back. He shows the freaking puppet. The buzzard. I forgot his name. Marty, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, then the doll. Yeah. The witch. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. <laughs> I just... I'm defeated. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. I really don't because it's like Bray Wyatt's his character was one of my favorite characters for for WWE, and it's just like you ruined him. Like you do everything, Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Firefly Funhouse. I don't. I, I I got nothing, man. I really I got I got nothing, Mister Thrill. So I'm watching this, and at first I'm just like, "What? What? What is this nonsense?" And then by the end of it, I thought, "I want to see where this goes." The more I think about it, and the more I rewatched it. I think I kind of really like this a lot. Depending on where they go with this. Because it's... So it's kind of like... The segment plays out like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood if Mr. Rogers was a serial killer. And what I liked about it is the small touches of ominous. The buzzard is clearly dark. The witch puppet is clearly dark. 
him just like coming up with the hands, the gloves, they heal and hurt. There's there's no if ands or buts about it. That's dark imagery. That's something that's that's not macabre, but like there there's ominous to it. Mm-hmm. You know when with every minute or thirty seconds of him being joyful and smiling and I'm Bray Wyatt, we get like a small second or two hint of there's still something sinister here. And that small touch of sinister sprinkled in really has my attention. What I'm hoping is that this is something that evolves. Because even when he chainsawed... First of all, he chainsawed himself. I mean, that's not exactly a happy thing. But he was laughing maniacally even after the fact. He's standing there holding the chainsaw, laughing maniacally. There's there's definitely a, still a dark, sinister element to the Bray Wyatt character. This is just a different version of it. And I trust Bray Wyatt and his creativity to take whatever this is and really make this something special. Because I think this could be something really cool. What that final product is, I'm not sure yet. But I feel like if they take this and do it right, which is, this is the concern, if they do it right, you know, little by little, a little darker, a little darker, a little darker, and to the point where there's no if, ands, or buts about it, this is some horror movie type S. That's where I think this should and could go. Turning Bray Wyatt from this cult leader to a flat-out horror movie character. Because, let's, like, what's creepier than It the Clown, which is supposed to be this, like, happy thing? Pennywise. Pennywise, sorry. Um, What's creepier than the two, the twin girls from The Shining? You know, these innocent things, or innocent-looking things, or seemingly innocent things, and childlike things, when they're turned on their head to be associated with something dark or evil or mysterious are even more so than if they were adult things. I'm more horrified by Damien in The Omen than the, the the puzzles in Saw. You know, I'm like more terrified of you know stuff like like um the the girls from The Shining than I am of Jason I, Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. That's scarier to me. I'm more like that's going to haunt my dreams. Not, you know, Michael Myers. So, to me, if they do this right, if they let Bray... Because, again, I, I really do believe in his creativity. If they let Bray do what Bray does, this could be really cool. That's my thought on it. I'm really... I'm down with this. If it's done right. As of now, I'm down with it. Six months, I'm sure I'll say this is an abomination. But as of now, I see the potential and I'm totally down with this. I can see where you're coming from. The whole serial killer vibe thing. Guy next door seems all nice. Kind of like a John Wayne Gacy thing, where he was yep. the 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 dress up for as a clown for mm-hmm. parties, but he would you know he has you know little boys under his you know deck in his house. Mm-hmm. It could be cool, but I don't trust the WWE right to do this right. Right. I wonder, and this is just popping into my head now, 
I wonder if there's any inspiration from the game Hello Neighbor. Not familiar. Because that's that's like as I'm I'm picturing this more and more and talking about my my thoughts of it, it's kind of like an image that I'm sort of getting of Bray, like and it's kind of the concept that we're talking about, like uh, uh, your neighbor who just turns out to be, you know, a killer, a murderer. So I'm wondering if there's any inspiration. Maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm grasping at straws. I have no idea. But that's like as soon as you said, oh, you know, like the neighbor who's, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought, like, huh, I wonder if there's any inspiration from there. Uh, uh, this is definitely going to be a wait and see. Oh, for sure. Without question. There's nothing that there's no definitive one way or the other until this is fleshed out. Guess we can move on to SmackDown. Yeah, why not? There's, a, there's some mess over there too. <laughs> so Alistair Black is on SmackDown now. They separated him and Ricochet, which I'm totally in favor of. Uh, but Andrade and Andrade and Selena Vega are back on SmackDown after one day on Raw. And who does he face on SmackDown? But Finn Balor. Finn Balor, the man who he beat on his Raw one day on Raw. <laughs> But Finn got his win back, yeah, which wins. he had to. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, on if, for, this, on, if this becomes a program moving forward, I'm with it. It could be good. I mean, ultimately means Andrade is going to win the IC title. Listen, I know you and more specifically, you know, Amanda, are huge Finn Balor fans. But no, si- I, I want almost to be IC champion, dude. I mean, I'm that's. It would do a lot for his character. For sure. I mean, he's, he's not here just to win the icy belt. He's here to... to it's the first step. Yeah, to, to defeat heroes. What do you say? He's going to... Something, the myth of Finn Balor? Yeah. By the way, this is smart promo work from him. The guy has a super thick accent. Oh my god, crazy thick. Give him a little bit. Give him good... And let him do it slowly. Mm-hmm. Because if, if he just tried to like spit it out with his accent, it would have just fallen hard and it would have sounded funky. But him saying it slowly and delivering it with purpose, very good. Very good. So my bae, Carrie Sane, yes. showed up on SmackDown again. Oh, that's her home now. First singles match against Peyton Royce of the Iconics. Iconics! It was a pretty quick match. Like, yeah. Very quick All match. things considered, yeah. It was clean as a whistle, too. It was squash Jace. Yeah. Kyrie Sane, Insane Elbow, one, two, three. <laughs> the the thing that gets me before the match, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are making excuses for Peyton Royce as to why she lost to... Billy Kay lost. Well, no, Peyton Royce ate the insane elbow last week. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. They're talking about. about, about and she about, said that about. she was dehydrated, yeah, so yeah, she yeah. drank a gallon, gallon of water. water. And I think Byron Saxon said, "Watch her drinking a gallon of water be her excuse next week as to why she <laughs> lost the match." But I mean, since maybe the elimination chamber, we've got nothing but gold from the iconics. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, dude, they're, they're... They've been consistent as heck. Yeah. They're good in a bad way and bad in a good way. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. They're... They're so dorky. Yeah. 
it's it's hard not to like them. Exactly. They make pop references. They make silly excuses. Really it's bad like, jokes. It's like I, I I I love the Iconics right now. Like that they if we had a power ranking the Iconics would be in the top five for sure. Really? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Not one of them, the both of them, as a team. Right, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, I don't know how high they could be in power rankings when Billy Kay lost to Naomi on Monday and then Peyton Royce loses to Kyrie Sane on Tuesday. If you're talking about wins and losses, of course, they're not up there. But in terms of entertainment factor, they are top five right now. Okay, fair enough. We opened SmackDown with Shane McMahon calling out Roman Reigns for Superman punching his dad. Comparing, like, comparing that to defiling the Mount Rushmore and burning the flag. I'm like, what? Vince McMahon is an American staple. I was like, oh, God, Shane, shut up. He said that, I'm not asking Roman to come out. I'm demanding you. To come out because I am your boss and you work for me and my family. Blah, blah, blah. All this just to jump him with Elias. Yep. And then Elias has a backstage segment with his guitar, not playing the same three notes that he usually plays. No, he's alternating between two chords with the capo. It's an E and an A minor with the capo on the, fur, on the, on the F. It's, it's nothing. Word. <laughs> Challenge Roman Reigns to a match in Money in the Bank. Which means... Roman Reigns and Elias won't be in Money in the Bank. That's exactly what I... You know, when he laid out that challenge, I was like, oh, I guess they're not going to be in Money in the Bank. Works for me. But who now? Like, this this definitely means that Randy Orton's going to be in Money in the Bank. I'm so... Can Randy Orton retire, please? Nah, he's still too young. He's good, though. Like, he's... He ain't done nothing. You know what wasn't good? Half of that Becky Lynch Charlotte promo. The half where I was asleep? Yeah. <laughs> at, at some point, it becomes super catty. And they're just yelling over each other into the mic. Really? I was, I was out. But Becky did get some good, like, words in. She was just like, Charlotte, I'm tired of seeing you. You're like a spider web. And I'm, like, I'm stuck inside of you because... They don't want me to face anybody else because you're their golden goose. You're their golden child. Mm. Go to the back of the line. Give Bailey a chance. Ember Moon. Mickey James. I'm tired of you. I've beaten you so many times. I have nothing left to prove to you. Mm. And as that happens, Bailey comes out. This is when I woke up. And Bailey comes out with some fire. Yeah, I like that Bailey is serious. I like that they're not punking her around. Because when she came up, she was just this, like, super happy-go-lucky, kind of childlike. When she was on NXT, yeah, she was all about the hugs, but she got down to business. On the main roster, she had not been business. It had been all play. Well, she kind of showed a dark side when her and Banks were feuding. Okay. They're on For again, like two off seconds. again, frenemies thing. But this this was a Bailey that I can get on board with. She got right up in Charlotte's face. I was like, ooh... Which which led to a one-on-one match. 
to Tonight? determine who will face Becky Lynch in a future women's oppor- a women's championship opportunity. Now, this is easily, in my opinion, match of the night. I thought this match was very good. Especially for a, a random SmackDown. But this plagues the same thing that happened on Raw where I'm questioning booking decisions. Why did Cedric lose? Why did Bailey lose? What what for for what? Someone explain to me why Bailey lost. I have no idea. We need to watch Charlotte and Becky again? For what? There's no there's no white ray there's no good way out of this. Either Charlotte loses, which okay, we did this seventeen times, or Charlotte wins and oh my god, seriously, Charlotte wins? Really? For what? There's no reason why Bailey should have lost his match. One hundred percent Bailey should have won. Uh, someone please explain this to me. I I I I can't. Other than the fact that they're just gonna they're they're Roman Reigning, uh John Cena and uh Charlotte? Charlotte. They're just shoving her down our throats whether we like it or not. But at least she's a, a heel, so it works. Cause she's gonna get more heel heat. But for like I'm over it, bro. We're a chicken bird. I, I, I too am over it. And more than over it, it doesn't make sense logically, booking wise. Why would you book Charlotte to win? Bailey just came over from Raw. Because uh, Charlotte wasn't beaten for her title. Okay, oh, okay, good. I'm glad you mentioned that because actually I wanted to point this out quickly. Kind of not important, but I mentioned to you this while we were watching it. They were arguing a lot between Byron, Phillips, and Corey Graves. And it felt legit. I'm sure it wasn't. And I have no doubt in my mind this is all scripted. Or at least, like, they have their bullet points. But it felt legit and was probably the best back and forth I've heard since I started watching wrestling again with this three-man setup. Where I was I was just as intrigued in the match as I was in their argument. I was like, oh, this is not... There was nothing about the match that I didn't like other than the, than the finish. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't get why, why Bailey lost. I don't get why the commentator can't be like this all the time. I don't understand why Charlotte won. And I don't get why Bailey lost. It's dumb. It's asinine. And where does Bailey go from here? She just came over to SmackDown, her first singles match, where she finally shows fire, she stands up for herself, gets in Charlotte's face, I want the title, all this stuff, and then... <laughs> Now what? Poop the bed. Now what? She's already doing the angry thing. Where does Bailey's character go from here? Angry er? What? You know, the lack of It's dumb, it's just dumb booking. Women heels on SmackDowns also hurting them. Cause you have Absolution stuck in the tag team division. Okay. Who else is a heel? Woman, you had Charlotte on SmackDown. You have yes. Charlotte, Sonya De- Sonya Deville by association, Mandy Rose, who like you said they're in a tag thing, attack thing right now. The Iconics are in a tag thing right now. Oscar's a face, Kyrie's a face, Ember's a face. Mickey James can go either way. That's basically it. 
You turn Bailey heel? You can't turn Bailey heel. No. Mickey right now is more of like a talent enhancement rather yeah. than yeah. a forerunner for a tag to, uh, for a championship run. She's job city. I don't know. Man. I, I don't know. Like that's why I said they should condense the women's division to one one both one title on both brands. That's it. I don't know. But uh, you want to talk about the uh, the main event? The main event. I missed most of it. The main event where Kofi Kingston took on Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura. And I, I said when when you, you when you returned, man, Kofi makes me not care about the WWE Championship. I told you, bro. I said this before he won it. I said it during my WrestleMania recap review. Kofi cannot be the champion because Kofi is not champion. Kofi, you can't. You'll you'll run out of programs real quick. He's not. He's not that guy. I'm sorry. He's a good. He's a good wrestler. Not great. Not amazing. He's a good wrestler. He's a great hand. He's not your top guy. And I think somebody agrees with you. The Big O. Yeah, boy. He had a Kevin Owens heel turn. I, I I don't know if they were going to stretch this out a little bit longer. I thought they were going to. I kind of hope that they stretch this out a little longer. But who was Kofi going to face? They need to start setting up something for Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Everyone being hurt right now is really hurting WWE. A, everyone's hurt. B, they want to keep the belt on Kofi, so they don't want to run him into anybody too legit, which is why they're keeping Roman as far away from Kofi as possible. It's only a matter of time, though. For sure. I think if Roman gets it, it'll be transitional. He's not going to take it off of Kofi. Kofi's going to drop it to somebody, and then Roman will take it off of them. Like, he'll drop it to... God, who's on the roster right now to take that off of him? Kevin Owens. Yeah. Drop it to KO in a few months, and then Roman will take it off for Kevin Owens. And then, whoop, there it is. And then we'll have Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, if Daniel Bryan comes back. So we'll go from there, I guess. I don't know, man. A lot of questions. A lot of injuries that we're still waiting to hear back from. Oh, by the way, Ronda pretty much officially announced unofficially that she ain't coming back anytime soon thank god her hand she showed on her like blog or whatever that her hand is in fact broken she had surgery to heal it and that she's gonna take time with her husband to try and have a family and that when she has the kid she doesn't know how she's gonna feel she might look at the baby and decide she never wants to do anything ever again and just drop it or she'll become like her mother and still continue to do what she does while having the kid those are her words not mine so you heard it here. Ronda's not coming back anytime soon, if at all. The only thing missing for, for, for SmackDown for me was an actual Aleister Black match. That promo was good, though. Mm, rather a match. Dude, there's only so much they can do <clears throat> with what they have. I mean, you could have definitely done without a <clears throat> Kyrie Sane Paint Royce match. Well, there's, they have to establish Kyrie Sane. I understand. 
but there's really nothing that you could take off of SmackDown. And this is the reason why it's only two hours. SmackDown, there's nothing you could take off of it. I'm looking at the card, or and like everything had to be there. The only thing debatably was the long intro segment with Shane. Yeah. You cut that in half. You could throw in a, uh, another match. Quick match with uh, Alistair Black and some jobber. And yeah. Although I don't understand why the the like the tail, the catch phrase or whatever at the end of his promo was condemned when his thing was always fade to black. I have no idea. Whatever. I don't know. I hope they don't change that though. Yeah, his fade to black was cool. So the the, the condemned that is going to be awful. It was always like, I'm going to make you fade to black. And he hits you with the black mass. And that's it. And he hit him with black mass! Ricochet! I mean, uh, Alistair Black has made them fade to black! Now it's going to be what? Black mass? They've been condemned? Lame! Lame! I don't know, bro. I mean... Raw was good. SmackDown for me was passable. Which is a... Without that Charlotte uh, Bailey match, I could have missed SmackDown. That would have been fine. Uh, Like I said, it was passable. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare that we get two good shows in a row. It's very very good. It's very rare that we get one good good Raw. So... I mean, it was what it was. Not the, the... most oh man episode I mean week of wrestling but hey there's been there's plenty to talk about and I think that's gonna wrap up this week's episode so one quick programming note fortunately ladies and gentlemen I will not be here for the following episode of Grapples to Apples on our weekly podcast not because I'm leaving I'm just taking a, a week long vacation very much needed. Very much needed. One week vacation to Seattle. So next week, either Shades will be by himself or we'll have a special guest on. He hasn't decided yet. But unfortunately, I will not be here next week. So with that being said, don't forget to listen to us and listen to Shades next week on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples and number to apples if you don't want to catch him on soundcloud you can listen to it on google play music or apple Podcasts. don't forget to hit us up on our social media you got facebook.com slash grapples to apples again that's grapples the number two apples we got twitter we got instagram i've been doing my best to stay with the facebook and twitter i've been trying to do as much as i can those of you who have been actually tweeting back to me thank you for the engagement i really appreciate it um if i'm not on the show i'll still be checking in and all that stuff while I'm in Seattle, so don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, do whatever you gotta do to put us in as many years as humanly possible. We really do appreciate it. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, cause baby, that's who I is. I be that for you. As always, joined by my lovely co-host. The man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, cream of the crop, rise to the top, Mr. Sunglass that night himself. Yeah, boy, Shades. 
Thank you very much for listening. And until next week with Shades, and until two weeks from me, peace. It's love.